You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Gene the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, this is AfterBuzz TV's Mad Men After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show, it's AfterBuzz TV's Mad Men After Show. Hey there, Mad Men fans. You know what time it is. You're here at AfterBuzz TV talking about Season 7, Episode 3, Field Trip. I'm Matt Lieberman. Joining me, finally, the whole panel is here Woo! for the first time yes. all season. Uh, we got uh, Joe K. Braswell's here. I'm here. Uh, Joe Sanfilippo's here. Nice to be here with you guys. And Sterling Cates is here. Hi, everyone. Hi. Uh, we got so uh, we got a lot to talk about. A big, big episode, and I, I'm I'm so excited that we get to talk about this. Betty's back. Don's back at the office, mixing it up. Yep. We got a lot to discuss. Uh, real quick, though, at the top, you know, we open in in traditional Mad Men fashion with uh, an obscure art film clip mm. uh, that accurately on the nose describes uh, Don Draper's current state of mind. And it is uh, the film Model Shop. Yes. It is a, it is a French film that takes place in Los Angeles, and it's about a man who's in a relationship with uh, with a wannabe actress who and another man who is dealing with an existential crisis. So it's uh, very apropos. It's it's very it's it's also very uh, Matt Weiner. I mean, it's it's he's very good at sort of subtly or not so subtly giving these giving us these openings. Not only giving us sometimes giving us some 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 time. In historical context, but also giving us sort of the the context of what's happening with the characters and with the stories, and that was mm -hmm. very obscure, but not so obscure for a genius like you, Matt Lieberman. But it's also spot I've on genius. Spot I on. have a phone that is the internet, <laughs> um, and uh, it's just uh, a fun fact, real quick. The director of that film, I can't remember the the name of the director off the top of my head, uh, but. Back in season four, when Lane and Don were going to go see a movie together and they wound up seeing Gamera, they were thinking about seeing another movie that was from the same director. This show is made by smart people. It is. Uh, anyway, we're going to get into Don in a bit. I know we have a lot to talk about with him. But first, I want to break open this Betty story. Yes. Uh, it's her first appearance of the season. She looks great. Good to see Betty. Um, good to see Betty. Great to see Francine. Francine's yeah. back for the first time since I think season three. Yeah, yeah. Um, Be being treated well as always. Being treated very well. Uh, <laughs> Not so nicely. let's ta let's talk about this like kind of like strange cold lunch. Betty's feeling pretty insecure about the fact that Francine has a job and she loves it. I love that the job is three days a week. Yeah, three yeah. days a week I have in to, an office. It's deep, man, and I have cards and everything. And, but go. but yeah, yeah, Betty seemed. I mean, if, if looks could peel paint, the look mm -hmm. she gave her at the end of that scene. Oh my gosh, that was rough, man. Yeah, well, I, I love that line. You know, oh, aren't children supposed to be the reward? Like yes. mm -hmm. trying to talk up, like, oh, but I'm I'm a great mother. You know, uh, but it's just right not. when everyone knows that she's not. Yeah, I, I mentioned hater. Sterling off off air. It's, it's it's so interesting to see, ironic and interesting to see how both Betty and Don, the couple, are still the they're the two in this entire world of 1969 who were stuck back in 1962, mm -hmm. and they still don't get it. Like you know, everything's happening culturally. Hundred percent right. Right. on and you know Betty was like three days of, why would you why why would you be in an office what the, what's that like exactly you know, it's like like even Rogers dropping LSD and having orgies with <laughs> with young hippies very young hippies exactly by the way. and you think that, and he's supposed to be even more you know old-fashioned but no uh, Don and Betty are kind of stuck in this earlier era and uh, you know Betty from this conversation she's inspired to fully embrace her mother role. Well, if Francine, you know, can have this career, I'm just going to prove how great a mom I am, and I'm going to invest some time in Bobby's welfare. Right. Uh, I'm going to go on this field trip with him. And I might even drink the milk. Right. I, I, can, I can be important, too, basically. Yeah. Like, you think your job's important. My job's important, too. Exactly. Yeah, but she totally didn't do it for Bobby at all. I feel like she just did that for herself. For oh, that. 100%. Of course. That it's, sense of, like, importance. Bobby... Something. 
or Betty is always about Betty. Yeah. And you could see it in Bobby's face when she said she was going to come. She's like, he's like, really? He was so excited. Really? He was come? so excited. So excited. He was so pumped up. Because, you know, when has Betty ever really, really sat down and talked to Bobby and asked him how he felt about anything important? Yeah. One of the saddest parts for me was when Bobby was like, we're having a conversation. Yeah. yeah. He was so yeah. excited about that. And I was like, oh, You can't wow. sit here. This is my mom's yeah. spot. Yeah. You, this, oh, it was rough. By the way, how about that 1969 school bus? Mom, mom smoking. <laughs> oh, I love like it. Like the teachers with the little cut blouse, like bumping yeah. around. Uh, <laughs> I, I might have watched that scene more than once. That, <laughs> yeah. Where were you when I was in school? She's a very popular teacher. Oh, she's yes. very good. Yeah, I she's had, very good. I had nuns, man. I had paid money for <laughs> that. that. What was the, uh, the, the quip that... Uh, uh, the other mom gave us, like, I uh, hopefully they'll pull on the right, right. set of udders. Right. No, no, yeah, but, no, but the one that Betty gave. So like, he's like, oh. uh, in that blouse she must be. Uh, something about her being a very popular She's very teacher. popular. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. He yeah. was like, she really likes you. And then Betty said, she I really every, likes everyone. Uh, yeah. 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 I, I got to say, you know, the much maligned January Jones for a lot of different reasons. I think, man, she... She's great. I mean, she's it's really good to see her. She's really sort of like just nails down this this new Betty Ice Queen Betty Draper. And in those in the, the very short time we saw her, I thought she was phenomenal. Every she, every line delivery, yeah. every look, every eye roll, every she's every so, drag of the cigarette was perfect. She's so dialed into who this person is uh, that it's it feels almost like second nature watching her. And I love watching the evolution of Betty. Uh, of course, across the whole series, but even in this episode where it starts in this place of power and security that, in, yes. in that, you know, I am a great mother, my husband might be attorney general, talking about Rocky, you know, yeah. like all this stuff, trying to show off her, her flash, realizing that it doesn't really matter much. Uh, against you know a woman who her, a friend of hers who's actually finding something that she loves and has a passion in her life again. Sure. So then she tries to embrace her passion with the same fervor, and you know Bobby is like connecting with her. He's telling her about all the monsters that he likes, uh, and he's having the best day of his life. And then it just takes one little thing, that's, man. That's it. Just one little thing. Where, you know, if no, everyone is not thinking about what is best for Betty at all times, right. they are a disappointment to her. Yeah. And, you know, the boy made an honest mistake. Yeah, and it's a teachable moment. You say, you know, like, if you if you wanted to trade something with your friend, you should have waited for me to get back so that we could have a discussion. I could let you know that that sandwich was for me. And, and when Bobby sees a way out, he sees a chance to rectify it. I'll, I'll go and get it back. No, you eat the candy. Yeah. You sit <laughs> there and you eat candy. that candy. Yeah. He didn't even want the candy. He was just trying to help out a girl the who gr- didn't have a sandwich. The little sandwichless girl. Aww. Yeah. Aww. <laughs> you know. And Betty didn't even care that the girl didn't have a sandwich. Like, no. Your motherly instinct should be, oh, well, you know, an eight-year-old doesn't have a sandwich. Exactly. Have mine. And then when you go home, at the very least, you can go and make a sandwich of your own. Right. Or enjoy some dinner. Right. Um, instead, she's sticking to the point and just staying mommy dearest. And uh, when Henry comes home, she's like, no, I was hungry, but now I'm not. Oh, she's, <laughs> all she's day not, long. Not letting it go. Yeah. No, absolutely not. <laughs> Bobby will be punished. Right. And she can't tell Henry that it's about a sandwich because sure. then mm-hmm. it just makes the whole thing seem... Right. Not it's, as big as she thought it was. It is. I, I've had a tough time understanding Henry for for the last couple of seasons. Like, what what is his attachment to Betty? Like, she's bananas from well, my point of view. It's it's you know it's the age old. She was the trophy wife, and he, right. I mean, he he was genuinely loved her and was a hardworking guy. And we we talked to him about this at our season finale. Yeah. Like his sort of approach is like he is just an honest, hardworking guy who really genuinely fell in love with her and wants to take care of. Her and the kids, but there's a certain transition there where it feels like he's on the political fast track, and she Betty is good at being Betty, which is sort of being um, you know arm candy first lady, and she loves it, and yeah. uh, you know so that 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 that's that for me. Well, that's the thing, right? She's a very good professional partner yes. uh, in the lifestyle that he is trying to create for himself in the career that he has. And the image, exactly. It's yeah. all about the image, and she and fits it. She 100 percent fits the image. I think that her personal issues are far grander than anything he ever could have imagined. And this is coming from somebody who liberated her from a failing marriage by taking her to Reno. You know, he took great steps to have her. And now he's going to do whatever it takes 
to keep her happy. Now, that's, that's worth pointing out because I do think there is a direct ratio to the amount of effort you have to put in versus you know how long you'll stick it out and how, yeah. how much how much you'll put in later on. You're, you're right about that. It's Herculean effort in the beginning. I do love the way that they've been able to keep sort of uh, Betty a part of the the Mad Men world, even though she's completely almost completely separated. I mean, this ties to down with the kids and everything else, but almost completely separated. But even sort of keeping with the theme of Mad Men, which is which is you know there's a world that's created a facade of a world that you think is one thing, but if you mm-hmm. peel back the layers, you see it's not what you think it is. So the perfect Betty, who's always been the perfect Betty, has never been the perfect Betty, or even now now she's rebuilt this perfect life as she's now got the the, the you know political husband she's got the kids everything's perfect but then guess what her friends are working and doing you know and really fulfilled and she's not so it's it's sort of what Mammon's all about is the, yeah. these facades and peeling them back well, that that's the difference between Francine and Betty is Fran is Betty is deriving her self-worth and her uh you know, personal pride from what her husband is doing. Meanwhile, Francine is deriving it from the work that she is doing herself. And she wants that personal challenge, she said. So I just, yeah. Yeah, she wants a challenge. Now, uh, what's most telling and most interesting for me is this scene uh, between Betty and Henry in their bedroom, Jean's asleep, and she says, "Why why don't my children love me? Why don't they love me? When uh, a few hours ago, it was fairly obvious that Bobby really does love Bobby her. Bobby adores her. He yeah. adores her. It, it's it's when she lashes out in this incredibly negative manner, when, when people fail to meet her expectations, and then she punishes them for it. Yeah. People don't hate her. They hate the punishment. And right. the punishment is unnecessary. And she's a crazy lady. She's very, yeah. <laughs> but it's also like, you know, I mean, you know, that, Betty's a person who her entire life has been put up as, on a pedestal as mm-hmm. the sort of the prettiest girl in town. She, all, of her advance, all of her advancements in life in the world, all of her adulations, all of everything she's ever got, gotten uh, has been due to the fact that she's beautiful. And so I think that her, the way she views being loved is sort of warped, I think. So I think I agree. By, so by her own children, I mean, like, I, she she views it as one way. Like, if I'm the prettiest in the room, I'm the most perfect in the room, so everyone loves me. And the kids are not giving her that respect just for walking in and being the prettiest, so she doesn't understand. I think you actually you bring up a very, very valuable point, which is that uh, Betty's upbringing failed her. Utterly. Utterly. Her, her perspective of love and of affection is utterly warped by, you know, being raised to believe that she was a prize, that she was perfect, that she was beautiful, and then having to contend with that uh, with that image of her self-worth when she was overweight and having that deep self-hatred. Now she feels she's gotten all, it all back. She put in the work and lost the weight. You know, why isn't the ad- adulation coming back in equal amount? Right. And I thought it was very valid of Bobby not to think she'd eat the sandwich after she just lost all that weight and maybe mm-hmm. she wasn't eating as much at home. Yeah, well, he so knows his for, mom. Yeah, like he knows her. Yeah. You know? Well, does he though? No, I, that, that's to me that's a question. When she comes home, Loretta's doing the homework with the kids. Uh, you know, Loretta's Loretta's been hanging out all day long. You know, when, when you don't have a job and you have a nanny, I mean, what is what your, do you do? What do you do? Yeah. You know, not to sound horrible, but I mean, you smoke cigarettes. You smoke pretty. cigarettes, and, and you maybe you go. Now we go to the gym, but you know, but yeah. but I mean, that's there's not much to do, and the kids don't have the relationship with her. She comes in as a celebrity. Yeah. You know, she's a celebrity guest at home. She's not. Yeah. She's not doing the mom stuff. So it's very funny because, like you said, her her upbringing failed her. She does. She wants all the rewards of doing all the mom stuff. She wants that relationship, but she doesn't want to put in the groundwork to get it. I don't know t- if she knows how to try. Yeah. You may be right. And she still has this utter. What I also find is funny this, this complete contempt for Loretta. Still, like, like not, yeah. not yeah, as like she's I mean, nasty to I mean, her. It's not racial. Yeah. It's not racial or anything. It's just no. the fact that like it's a partially je- part jealousy because you're doing stuff with the kids that I can't do, or not, mo- mo- I won't do. won't do, but can't. Well, Kathy can't won't because she can't. Yeah, you know? I mean, I, I, like I think she's it, not capable of wanting it. Yeah. Well, well, it's things that she wouldn't do, and now that maybe she, w- now that she wishes that she had a better relationship with them, she wishes she could. But at this point point how can she start she doesn't yeah. know the first thing and that, that's that's sort of the irony of that scene that transitioned her you know leaving that leaving leaving um with uh francine leaving francine sort of being like well you're fulfilled by work i have my kids i take care of my kids and she goes on and you know loretta's doing the homework and she has no idea what's going on so right it's, yeah. it's kind of like oh uh yeah let me 
And thirty seconds in, she's clearly bored. Yeah. Like you know, right. she's got, you know, I'm I'm gonna go shower and get changed right. because I've had such an exhausting day <laughs> going to lunch. <laughs> I have to shower. Um, all right. Uh, unfortunately, we do have to move on because we got a lot to talk about and yes. not a ton of time to do it in. I just want to talk really quickly about iTunes, folks. Folks, thank you so much for reaching out to us on iTunes. Legitimately, I talk about it every week on every podcast that I do, but it's because it is that important. When you uh, rate and review the show on iTunes, it helps keep the lights on and keep the doors open here at AfterBuzz TV. We put out over 60 hours of quality content every week for 100% free. You don't have to pay a single dime for anything that we put out, uh, and we love doing that for you. But every time that you rate and review a show, it helps us get sponsors, which keeps us open. It helps us get guests, which you enjoy greatly, I'm sure. And you get a great shout-out here on the show. It only takes a second. doesn't cost you a dime. Uh, I just want to give some shout-outs real quick to some people who reviewed in the last week. Uh, Big Kahuna Luna says, uh, Great <laughs> Mad Men recaps. Five stars is one of the best podcasts about Mad Men. If you're a super fan, you'll love it. Uh, Jill17, insightful, and always the first Mad Men podcast posted. Five stars. Really nice. enjoyable. Great podcast. Thanks, guys. Appreciate the great analysis and banter. Top notch. Well done by T1964 T. Five stars. Impressive that you guys get this posted earlier than other Mad Men podcasts. This is one of my favorite AfterBuzz TV shows. Uh, a must listen by uh, Ty Agent. I, I can't quite pronounce it. I apologize. Uh, five stars. Love to listen to the panel dissect the Mad Men episodes. Don't know many people watch Mad Men, so it's great to have this to listen to every week. Great recap by Triton312. Always absolutely love this podcast. The panel offers excellent insight into the episode and always, always presents something I didn't catch. Hmm. I love the extra nuggets of information I'm able to get from every episode. This podcast is like the slice of pie after the main course. A meal hmm. isn't complete without it. Aww, uh, it. Yes, yeah, Sassy Grace oh, <laughs> just now discovered this podcast. Five stars. How sad am I that I haven't known about this before? I listened to season seven, episode two last night. Loved hearing the discussion about Sally and her dad as I've always thought the entire show was about this relationship. If I were writing this show, I would have the final episode focusing on Sally as an adult looking back on these years from her perspective. Mm. I, I wouldn't throw that out as a potential end of the series. I think that's actually really cool. Titanic. Somebody get back um, to on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> Titanic. Sorry. Uh, and then finally, Jay Smith family writes, simply love it. Great show. Five stars. How long did that take Jay Smith family to write? I'll tell you. A second. Right. Um, so, Big Yeah. yeah. What a great name. That's a great name. But uh, thank you to everyone to who reached out. Uh, please rate and review the show, and we'll read out your shout-outs next week. Yes. So, Don Draper. Don Draper. Man, myth, legend, unemployed. Mm, Let's yeah. discuss. Maybe. Lonely. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, he's still getting dressed to call Dawn. Uh, he calls her and he's like, well, it's like so pathetic listening to him list out a, so, uh, I need it's a like new ribbon paper. for my, my yeah. typewriter. I have letterhead, Sad. but, uh, I need onion skin and I, I guess I need an envelope. I wrote a letter, but I can't <laughs> yeah. send it. Uh, and then he was so heartbroken when she couldn't come. Right. Oh. Well, I, go ahead. I just love I love the, the how 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 absolutely dramatic the the difference is between the office and and Don's life sure. and and that scene in particular was so so brilliant the, uh, the uh, I I need you to get him on the phone for me yeah. I just I I, like, I I can't dude like I'm working you're not it's yeah <laughs> the juxtaposition between Don's quiet home and him and him like, it's again sad getting dressed to call Don and Don's like. Phones are blowing up. She's got like phones in each ear, and she's scribbling stuff down. Mm-hmm. And Don Conley's like, "Tell me about the." Uh, it's like, right? "Tell me about the Ma- the the Mountain Dew commercial." Right? What's going on like, there? And, and Don, sweet Don, is trying to do her, do her best, but like she is working. She's mm-hmm. busy working. He's not. So she got a job, right? Now, a capital J O B. And his only business call isn't even about business. It's right. about right. Megan's from a- Megan's agent. Right. right. So uh, Megan's agent Alan, who we met in the season in the season opener, yes. uh, called him it, great character great casting yeah. um and uh he says you know megan's having a meltdown she auditioned for that pilot that we we mentioned in the season opener and uh she hated her performance so much that she started stalking the director trying to get a second chance yeah. don't act like you haven't done that flippa listen yeah. I've, I've never camped out in anybody's bushes and i'm sorry i'm so sorry <laughs> are you sorry that you haven't camped out in bushes no, he's no he, he he knows what i mean yeah. oh, okay yeah, uh, um I, I don't know what's, what's happening. Listen, the judge was very clear. I'm simply not allowed in parts of Bel Air. And yes. that's fair enough. Yes. Uh, so, 
Uh, Don decides, all right, I'm going to get on a plane and I'm going to go see what's up with Megan. I'm going to take care of this issue. Uh, so he gets on the plane and he's greeted by a uh, a flight attendant, Trish, stewardess, Trisha, Trisha, um, who knows who he is. Um, he gets propositioned a lot in this episode. I I, I, I want to be Don Draper for just three hours. That's all I want. Three I just want to walk away. <laughs> It's a good, yeah, it's a good life. It's a good life. I don't want five hours. I don't even want a day. I just want three hours. Three just give hours me three hours of, of that level of pimpdom yeah, where you right. sit in a restaurant and a woman comes up and is like, listen, I am upstairs right by the elevator. Uh, that's all I got. And yep. was like, yeah, it's a Tuesday. I know. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting, right? Uh, I'm wondering if the fact that his marriage was in such a precarious position, if that's almost like sending an unconscious signal to the universe and the women of the universe that uh, it's time for Don Draper to play, but he's not biting. Wait, how does that so, how does that, that signal work? work? Hold on, that doesn't sound familiar. No, no, no. <laughs> Go over the signal <laughs> again. Woman, the no. signal is real. There's a movie called The Signal. It's coming <laughs> out. It's about this. So uh, you could tell. Lawrence describe Fishburne's it slowly. In. Yeah. <laughs> in any case, he goes. He goes to. Uh, he goes to L.A. and he surprises Megan. And I, I was like half expecting her to show up with a dude. We all yeah. were. Yeah. I think we all, think we all were but, expecting, like, Because that the... scene was really slow. Right. Slowly set up. Like, you didn't see her come in the door. You saw the bags first. Yeah. I was totally exactly. expecting someone to be behind her. Yes. Right. But, you know what? It wouldn't have been an honest move. Uh, the fact is, she does love Don, and she, you know, is there alone. She sees him. She is pleasantly surprised. Like, so happy to see him. This is what she wanted. Even if she did seem cold in the first episode. Right. I was going to say, it's a much different reaction by her. Well, she's she's vulnerable now. Right. I mean, in the first episode, she was welcome to Hollywood. This is my town. I'm doing great. This is my agent. I have a big shot coming up. That's awesome. I knew we were coming out for a reason. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, she had all the confidence. Then she gets shot down, and you know, husband comes back. That vulnerability. I I, I could sure. As, I'm so glad you're here. Yeah. Well, that's good because I got a hankering. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll have to give you an extra special hankering. So they hanker, yeah. and then <laughs> no, she asked him point blank, "Did you get fired?" Yeah. And he's like, I just <laughs> wanted to hanker for, for a second. Let's go hanker um, for a bit. So uh, now once they've finished hankering, Don lays in his old, like, calm the hysterical wife routine. Yep. But he's so specific and so heavy-handed that she's she knows that something's up. So, ha- so ham-handed, by the way. You should never yeah. call a strong lady a lunatic. Yeah. And this will and never was, go over. That yeah. was <laughs> should I write that one down yeah, next yes. to you? Okay, I'm going to write that next one down. Bullet, next bullet point. That's, that's, part of the, uh, that's part of the signal. That was definitely, again, that, that felt very 1965, 64 Don Draper. He was that's so what ham-handed. I'm saying. He was so like, listen, ah. listen, Dame. You know, everyone was it very is, much like... And that scene ends with 1963 like, no. standing in 1969. He is so... I mean, he's so dramatically out of place. Right. But then it evolves. It goes from there to her smoking and, and, and crying later on in this episode. And 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 it, it seems to me it's like 1969 hasn't happened all the way, you know? It, she's not quite... We're only four months in. Yeah, yeah. it's brand new. Well, I mean, I want to go back before... Yeah, please. Back, go back to that scene because, I, you know, we all expected... You know, sort of Don to sort of walk in on 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 on, on Megan with some affair, and we kind of knew this relationship was doomed, and we all knew it from season one. He even mentioned it. We knew this was gonna, this was going to end. How it was going to end spectacularly with Don cheating or with Megan cheating, mm-hmm. but it was so smart and so wonderfully written and so nuanced that it didn't end like that. Right. Because real life isn't that simple always. Exactly. You know, TV TV works like that. Oh, I walked well, in on this girl, or and I you don't have to bring right. another person into a relationship to ruin it. Right. Well, that, is it ruined? No. Well, well I, but the, the point that I making is the way that they the way that I, she, I agree with you 100 the that, that they that they broke up where Don really sort of putting his heart on the table and saying like I lied and confessing I lied this is what happened and her really taking all that in and still saying oh so you with a clear head decided not to be with I, me right. the, it just, these 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 problems are far more complicated than just like you know who are you sleeping with no you're right walking yeah. in. and the we're, fact that they were able to show that in that one sequence and it was so completely well written and, so, and completely heart wrenching and 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 wonderful uh, is just a testament to Mel. No, I, I agree with you. We, we, and we're, the not, show. we're not we're not going to break them up with plot. We're going to break them up with character. Yeah, and and that's a, it's it such earned. a absolutely such a strong choice. But I I don't know that it's that they're necessarily over. I was impressed. I think Don made a, a bunch of choices in this episode that are very un, that are very out of character. 
Hmm. He did not go to bed with either of the girls who threw themselves at him. He, you know, he he, he went and home and he made the phone call I mean, to his wife. He cut, he cut yeah. down, he cut down the booze. He said, you know, yeah. yeah. He went. I mean, when he knocked on Roger's door, I fully expected to see uh, to see our girl there, the blonde lady. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, it, it's interesting to me. I don't feel like this relationship is necessarily over. Here's here's what I will say, uh, and this is this is in two parts. I think that Don's evolution, while it isn't always evident, is 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 definitely, definitely there. And I think a large part of it comes from that he is cutting down on his drinking, that he isn't sleeping with random women. Making those choices, it brings me back to um, that episode of season four where he's writing in his diary and he quits drinking for about a day and a half before he starts again. He's allowing himself to feel, feel the pain of all the mistakes he's made. And he's realizing that there aren't any, that there aren't any more places for him to run. There's nowhere left to go. No matter how much he buries in another person or in a bottle or anything else or even in his work, there's nowhere to go. Well, it's going to get to that inner Dick Whitman, like like we want him to. Mm -hmm. Well, on some level, you have to you have to acknowledge that if you're if you're boozing it up to that level and if you're if you're effing around to that level. It's you're you're continually doing things that you're going to be ashamed of, right? And that why look at me. (laughs) 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 I don't know why you felt that. I was looking at both of you. All right. Uh, but it, it, it's interesting to me that, that he's choosing not to feel bad about himself. He's choosing not to engage in behavior that's going to impact his own self-image in a negative way. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's like the character recognizes that he needs to, to get back to work. He needs to feel that he deserves it. And so in order to do that, he needs to stop doing things that challenge his, his image of himself. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing, though. I don't know that I buy I agree that Don is a transformed man. I think that this is obviously the new Don Draper. And I alluded to this in the, in the first episode. But it's not even the new Don Draper. It's it's a couple shades lighter. Yeah. Sure, right. it's a couple shades lighter, Don Draper. But, yeah. but I do agree there's a transformation. He's not, he's not flandering. He's not boozing. But the question is, I mean, which Don Draper is the most effective you know, uh, mm. creative person, human being. I mean, this, this is this. I mean, I don't know. We'll, we'll, this remains to be seen. But the Don Draper who's out there betting the women and having the whiskey and and kicking ass with the clients. That's the guy who but, who was successful and who we who we saw rise and fall. But he was also. Uh, that's my point. Is that Don Draper is unsustainable? It, that's why it blew up. Well, let me let me ask you this because it seems like this whole episode. That is a brilliant point because I think the whole episode hinges on that point. Does that Don Draper matter right now? Yeah. It seems like the partner meeting is very clear. Like like Roger goes in there, guns blazing. He's a genius. We cannot afford to lose him. Yeah. And they're like, what He's are you Don talking about? We've been working without him for almost a year. Yeah, but they're But it's not working. But it is wrong. working. No, no, wait, let me finish they're this point. Wrong. Let me finish this point. And his yeah. wife is essentially saying the same thing. Like I think that that guy is not as important as as he would think he is. I, and I, it seems like the firm is making money hand over fist, yeah. and they can't. They almost can't they're keep not, up. They're, they're not, not making they're money not. hand over fist. They're, yeah. they, they're just yeah. You yeah, think it's all copacetic? Sorry. The way that it is right now, it's not all copacetic. It's stable. What yes. it is, it's stable. So we you are, think they're we, treading water? Yeah, they're that's, treading water. that's exactly ad, what it is. It's adequate. Okay. Not yeah. I just want to submit this, and I'll, I'll shut up about the whole Don Draper thing. Okay. I officially submit that. Don Draper needs to be back be back to the old Don Draper again. I think that he does not he wants no matter what he's saying, he loves Megan, he loves it. He does not want to be in that marriage. He said as much in season in 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 the episode 1. He loves Megan, but he does if he loved Megan, if, if he'd be in LA like working in LA. Uh, he he does not want to be in the marriage. He wants to be Don Draper. He's he's in love with the agency. He's in love with being a creative. And I will submit to you that it was the old John Draper instincts that landed him in that marriage in the first place well, exactly. when he ran away from being an adult well, that's a good and point. married a babysitter for his kids and for himself. Very true, but the, but the evolution, the, the new evolved, maybe the new evolved Don Draper slash Dick Whitman can be the best of both worlds. I think that ultimately Don is meant to be this creative. I think that he is, I think that they're, they're so wrong, you know, um, to think that Don Draper is just a guy. Roger's right. Don is a genius. And when, Don, when they get a load of Don and his ideas and how he's rolling and what that does for the company that's the transformation and right. peggy knows it okay peggy okay we're gonna it. we're gonna get into that okay, in yeah. a second um i, I don't want to jump ahead to when sure. don's at the office i want to get fair uh, enough do it uh chronologically can, can i one last point yes one. i i wanted and this is interesting to me and i wonder what this says about us i don't know about you but did you want him to go to bed with emily the girl that, okay so this is interesting because i also i i wanted that and when roger yes. opened the door whom i love you know i have a yes. big crush on john crush on john slattery my man crush is john slattery yep. when he opened the door i was bummed i was like i want yep. that to be emily and it's interesting like i i wonder what that says about us why do we want him to be 
that. I didn't want it to be her. I, I didn't want it to be her was, either. Well, what, was, is, what does it say about us? That's what I'm saying. Right? What what We're like, do it, too. Don. I was Get happy it. it was Roger. <laughs> yeah. Because that move, to go to Roger is, to pro, is proactive. To yes. go to right. Emily is 100% regressive. Absolutely. I, I feel yeah. like also in the first two episodes, he's like, I'm trying to fix this situation. I'm trying to make it work. But we never actually see him try to fix exactly. it. Exactly. And I feel like in this instance, you get what you have the courage to ask for and he finally like went went to Roger and tried to make something happen and the next day you know he's in yes. the office. It's a very valuable point because uh, the fact is he was so afraid of screwing it up further or of learning that they really didn't want him back that he didn't yes. even try. And you know ha- having his marriage be in shambles, having her say this is the way it ends. And you know he may be able to salvage it, he may not. But knowing that as of right now, there's nothing to be done on that front. He makes a bold move. He goes to Roger, and they have it out like brothers. Yes, right. I loved it. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, first he goes and he gets the offer from Dave Wooster. I mean, that's yeah. that's really yes. that's the most important. That's the the, the fulcrum for the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And just to be clear, I did love the fact that he did make that proactive to have to go to Roger. I mean, I was, I'm not saying that that was a bad move. I was just saying that we thought that was going to be the chick. I think that I think the marriage is over. I think that she said it. Uh, we're done, and I, I feel like she meant it. I feel like that that was a catalyst to get Don to do his thing, which is what he needs to do in New York, and we'll mm-hmm. see how that plays out. But I really believe that's where it's going to go. I mean, I'll, let me toss this out. Last thing, I think if if Don continues being Don. He becomes a tragic character, inevitable, mm-hmm. and I, I feel like Megan to me, and, I, and 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 this might just be because I think I think she's a terrific character, and I really I really empathize with her, and I enjoy her. I, I feel like she's his opportunity at salvation. If he doesn't grab it, and he doesn't understand that that's what this is, then I think he's going to eventually be a completely tragic character. There's nothing at the end of it all. He's going to be alone. There's going to be nothing. But he I want. Says he's not. He still has Sally. Yeah, he still has Sally. <laughs> and honestly, I think that. He's not going to find happiness until he learns to be happy with himself and he learns to love himself. And that means that he has to forgive himself for a lot of things, case in point, you know, taking uh, Don Draper's dog tags and taking his life. Until he forgives himself for that and learns to love himself, it doesn't matter who he's with or what he's doing, he will still be in an existential crisis. Dr. Lieberman's in the building. Ladies and gentlemen. Woo! All right, so (laughs) he has it out with Roger. He meets uh, Roger's uh, paramour, uh, who, like, they look so completely... Two Uh. people who could not look more different. Roger and I... I, Unfortunately, I can't remember the name of uh, of Of, the the hippie girlfriend. Mimican Roger. Yeah, uh, (laughs) bringing him a BLT. Doesn't matter. Yeah. um, She was really young. Yeah. She was very young. But But he's like, you know what? I miss you. You know, uh, you want to work? Come in Monday. Great. So Don takes this to mean that he has his job back. Big mistake. He calls up Megan and he's like, I fixed it, you know, so our marriage can work out, right? I got my job back. That was the reason why we were fighting is because I lost my job. And she's like, where on earth did you get that impression? (laughs) You ass. (laughs) Oh, my God. And it's just like sad. And we still have that door that won't close to the porch. But Mm -hmm. at least it's April, so it's not chilly all the time. Yeah. Um, And, you know, watching Don just kind of like stare at his watch until it was 9 a.m. Like just he had probably been up since 4. Yeah. And dressed since 5. Can you imagine how scary that must be? Mm-hmm. To, to know you're going to everybody like, in that it's office. It's post-traumatic gonna... stress. You yeah. can feel it. And the way that they shoot it gives you that impression of just like being in this place it is alien. It is changed. I, I do not matter here. I'm a shrinking violet. What does that say about me? There's a lot of fear. Oh, very, man. Very well done. And, and, and again, I want to say, John Hamm, mm-hmm. great job. He's good at acting, again. Like, yeah. he's, <laughs> he's, he's, uh, he might have a future. He's good at acting, that kid. That kid Ham, Hammy. Yeah. No, but no, I, I think that really, uh, this episode one and, and, and this, this, this episode, you know, 703 was fantastic. Right. In terms of the, what, he, what he was able to show in, his, in those moments alone, the looks on his face, this look of like, we, we know Don Draper is Don Draper, and this guy is alone, and he's very terrified, mm-hmm. and he's very confused, and he's still trying he's lost between times and he's yeah. getting dressed and he's looking a little disheveled doesn't look quite as dapper as he used to although yeah. so handsome now it's great before we get into all of Don's interactions at the office I want to talk about the state of the office right now when he arrives okay. so the Clio nominations have just come out the only nomination that SCNP has received is for uh, a Playtex ag 
by Michael Ginsburg. Ginsburg. Uh, you know, Peggy's Rosemary's Baby, uh, St. Joseph's Aspirin ad, which she worked so hard on last season, didn't even get submitted. Wasn't submitted. She comes to discover because Lou, Lou is not a nice boy. Dick of the decade. I mean, come he's on. Um, he's, he's the worst. Like, he's the worst. He's so the worst that he's in danger of being typecast as the worst. He is, yeah. you he know is what I mean? Mr. Rogers' asshole uncle. It's just, mm-hmm. it's unbelievable. It's yeah. never ending with him. Well, he's, 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 he's definitely like that guy. I mean, he's very that guy from mm-hmm. 1969. That, that's who, this is the type of sort of, you know, older white men that were sort of running the creative industry a lot of the times. And, and especially, again, he, talk about being stuck in the past. This mm-hmm. is 1969 at a creative progressive industry, uh, uh, agency. And he's like, got the glasses. He doesn't give a crap. He's, he doesn't understand anything. Why is this a, why is there right. a picture here? What's, what is this? Like, it, like he's You know, not, it costs us money every time he draws you something. You draw something, it costs us money. Just give uh, me words. Lou, it took a second. You know, but that's the thing. He was the safe choice when Don Draper blew up in that in that Hershey's meeting. SCNP found the single safest replacement they could possibly get, and he is one of those guys who fails his way to the top. Put uh, only you know puts out anything for awards that has his name on it that he can get credit for that can move him further. He's just one of these navel gazing middle managers yeah. who somehow became a head executive who Cutler loves. Yeah, Cutler loves him because he's safe. He is stable. He doesn't have to worry about it. Cutler doesn't see creative as the future of this agency anyway. He sees it in the media department, but not under Harry Crane. Let's talk about this meeting, this cost meeting. So uh, Harry gets called into this meeting between Jim Cutler, uh, Ken Cosgrove, and uh, and Koss, and they are all about uh, all about this New York Times article. Uh, about Gray and their magnificent new computer, which can do all kinds of amazing <laughs> things. Uh, which, you know, in a show about the 60s, computers would have to come up at some point. They sure. finally have. The time has arrived. And uh, they're revolutionizing everything. And Harry does his Harry thing, and he calms the clients down. He's so smooth. I think Harry kicked ass yeah. in that meeting. He was yeah. terrific. Yeah. But Jim is not happy. Jim's not happy because uh, the computer that SCNP is supposed to have doesn't exist. Well, it's because Jim screwed it up. Jim hasn't even looked at the requisition. I mean, Harry said he's requisitioned a computer every Christmas. Right. Mm-hmm. And nothing. Not even, he, he's like, he's, you don't even take the time to tell me no. How much, yeah. First of all, how much do we love Harry? I, Harry's mm-hmm. amazing. But, he kills it in this but, thing. But I, I love his just pure exasperation with, like, like he doesn't care. I mean, he's, he, he for seasons now, he saw the future. He's, he's, he's with TV, computers, everything mm-hmm. else that's progressive. Neck scars. He's, he's stuck here at, <laughs> yeah. at uh, Sterling Cooper and pa- Partners with all these, you know, guys. My fa- and now he's just still, he's just like, ugh, you guys, yeah. you don't listen, we don't care. You My know. favorite line was when he said, this conversation's over. I'm not interested. Yes. He pulls yeah. rank like, and he right. walks. Yes. yes. And Do that's it. when Jim gets, that's him. when he gets a bullseye in the middle of the back of his head for Jim. That's right. The that. Well, I love Jim's line where Jim's he's like, uh, uh, oh God. Uh, you, you I some, believe you have, you, some, you have some stiff competition, but I believe you are the most dishonest man I've ever worked that's with. That's a great line. Fantastic. <laughs> I feel like Harry doesn't even I, care because he knows that can't be true. Yeah. yeah. And well, he knows that he, and he, and and he it doesn't matter. He's, he knows it it doesn't make a difference. But I feel like right. Harry always tells, is pretty upfront with everything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and spot on with everything, too. Yeah. Yeah, and you know the the clients will still get a large portion of that data that he's talking about. It's just that we don't have a computer, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately for Harry, Jim Cutler calls Wall Street Journal and gets him an interview to plug this great new computer, oh, yeah. uh, which we don't have. Yeah. What about the local markets program? It's yeah. a great idea, and I'm sure someone will do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but kill it. Yeah. Uh, I, also, I also just love looking and seeing John Cosgrove in that in that damn oh, eye Ken patch. Cosgrove. Ken Cosgrove. Oh, Ken Cosgrove. Ken Cosgrove. It's so, good. so unsettling to see that, him in that. Yeah. I, it, just, it just makes me happy every time I look over and see him in the eye patch. Oh, he's been anyway. through so much. Poor, poor Cosgrove. Yeah, and he puts kidding. his best foot forward. Don comes in. He's like, hey, look at my kids. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah. So uh, when Don arrives at the meeting... Or he arrives for his meeting, he's looking around, he's seeing the nameplates have changed, uh, and he sees Lou outside of his titles, office. Titles, the more important titles have changed. Titles right. have changed. Uh, yeah, uh, Peggy, copy chief. Familiar names, different titles. Mm-hmm. And Lou's outside of his office, and uh, and he's like, you, you know, you must be Lou. And Lou turns around like he's seen a ghost, <laughs> and he's like, yeah, Hi, uh, how are you, yeah. Don? Great. And he's like, oh, well, I'm ready to work. And Lou's like, 
Oh, we'll see about that. Yeah, like, mm-hmm. like, good for you. Good for you, Don. I'm get sure. Jim Cutler on the phone. Why don't yeah, you get I don't out? Care if he's <laughs> in bed yeah. with uh, uh, with uh, Joey Heatherton. Joey Heatherton. Get right. him on the horn. Get him on the phone. Hot. Did yeah. Don know that the other Don had a like an actual yeah, position? She, now, she had told him that she had been promoted, and she even told them on the phone earlier that she had a lot to do. Exactly. Um, but he he doesn't see it that way, and she's his only tether to the to the office. So of course, he treats her the exact same way, handing the hat the and hat coat. And the, yeah. You know what a what a taking what a yeah. letting her take his yeah. lunch order and and, yeah. and you know what he's she's got stuff to do. She shouldn't be doing that. She should stick up for herself. Maybe. She but he did the same stuff to Joan back in the day when Joan was running nine yeah. different offices. I mean, he he's just that way. But again, he's, well, he's stuck in the past. But I, yeah. think, I think I think that he may. I, I really do think that we'll see him adapt. We'll get to that in a second. Predict, predictions. Yeah. But I do. Yeah. Even when. Uh, um, our, our girl, our familiar um, Roger's girl, uh, Caroline. Caroline comes down with the coffee. He's like, "I'll take that up to him." He's like, "No, that's for me." Like, I don't, I don't, <laughs> yeah. know, I don't know when he's that dude's here. coming in. Right? <laughs> Lord knows what he's doing. Yeah, Roger on time. Yeah. What a laugh! Exactly. Exactly. Uh, um, so after you know meeting with Lou and realizing that Roger isn't here and that you know this was a big mistake, he walks straight to the door and then who should stop him? But good old Mikey Ginsburg. Don, hand on hand on a knob, and then he lets go of the knob, and he's sucked oh, back in. Let, let me ask you a question. Do you think he was going to leave or just go to the lobby and kind of kick it? No, I think, I gonna, gonna I think he was going to leave. Do you think he could leave, though? I mean, I mean, I, I, realistically, because I mean, you know that word will get out right away, that he got the offer from Wooster, that he took the job back, at, at uh, then he thought he had the job back. Mm-hmm. Was he, I mean, what, I mean what, was he leaving? Well, I think he was leaving the office. I think he had realized this was a big mistake and that Roger had lied to him. That's what, how I took it. And the reason why he could leave, the only person that he interacted with was, the only people he interacted with were Lou and Caroline. The damage, while it was there, but it was minimal at best, and he was trying to stem the blood. Right. No stem one, the blood No one loss. knew what he was doing there anyway. It could yeah, have been no something different. It could have been just a He said he was looking to get back to work. He said he was ready to get back to work to, well, to he, Lou, he, didn't he? He said to Lou only, but not the, to, to the rest of the office. Right. Mm. But it doesn't really matter what Lou thinks. Anyways. Right, yeah. He was embarrassed, <laughs> and he didn't want to have to face everyone else, but when faced with the promise of fresh creative and feeling important... He gets sucked back in, and uh, Mikey Ginsburg wants some uh, feedback on Chevalier Noir. How much do you love? I, I agree with you so much. Ginsburg just like he loves work for work's yeah. sake. Well, but he also recognizes Don. He doesn't. Ha- Ginsburg doesn't have the history of all the the Don Draper politics when he's heard the stories. No, he just but knows he's, he's he knows John, Don smart. Is and he super, gets it. Well, not only that, no, he's a super creative genius. Yeah. He's Don Draper. So he's like a celebrity. So of course he's going to want Don Draper to look at the boards. I mean, whereas everyone else is like, oh yeah, of course he's a genius, but he's an asshole. But like you know, Ginsburg is the is the sort of the barometer of truth like well this guy he's Don Draper look he needs to look at the boards yeah you know <laughs> this guy he'll he'll know what it is he'll yeah. know what the what the freeze frame at the end of the commercial needs to be um and then you know it's funny and I read this in a review and I think it's very very true I it's so funny how the little artist's area the like creative hub room feels like an area for kids. Right, like all the, the furniture the is very yeah. short and there's colorful art on all the walls mm-hmm. and Don is just sitting there in this dull brown suit looking yeah. neutered and uh, ashen-faced and Roger just isn't showing up and everyone is surprised and mildly horrified to see him. Who's my man, um, Ginsburg's boy with the tie, the skinny guy with the tie? Whoever. I have no idea who yeah, that creative, is. Creative, yeah, to be the creative uh, ex, but he was great. Like, hey, man, want to look at some boards? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, hey, see, eventually, just, it, it devolves into Don, like, hearing personal stories from people. Like, oh, it's great. Your kids are in school. That's, right. That's, um, but, now what? Uh, in conjunction with that, you know, Ken is, is pleased to see him, but Joan isn't at all. That was rough. Yeah. Joan was like, like there was a snake in the hen house. Like, I want anything but you here, pal. I was, I was not expecting her to be that way. Yeah, him. I was surprised. But you're just reminded, you're reminded of, of how pissed she was um, over the whole Hershey thing. Yeah. She was really, and I was actually shocked at the time how mad she was. How she's like, Don. But she, Joan had become very, you know, sort of business-minded and really was thinking about the company and what She's was at a partner. stake and what was at risk. Well, and remember so what she, she was pissed. Remember what she did to become a partner. I mean, that whole thing with Jaguar. She she went to the mat and she did it for Literally. business. Right. Literally. And, and to see Don so casually throw business away yeah. on a moment of personal weakness that she can't afford, and, and could also, never yeah, afford. And also the stakes, I mean, the stakes were particularly hard for Joan because she's worked so hard to build the company, transform the company, and work her way up to be a partner in the company. And the fact that Don is so cavalier about and, like throwing it away, and that really, right. he's so cavalier about I'm coming back to work now. And, right. Well, then the other side of that is she's moved from where he left her. When he left, she was in a different position than she's in now. Yeah. 
Yeah. And and so it, it he's such a strong personality for her. That's got to be threatening. Like it, it's got to threaten her position in accounts because yeah. he's not going to know that she's in accounts. Her seat in the he- in the head of personnel seat is barely cold. You yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I think it's it, 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 this is a sort of again another weird juxtaposition of like how there's certain people in the office that feel like with the exit of Don Draper came a lot of change for the good and advancement for a lot of other people. But the larger picture is it may or may not be the best thing for for the for the company because uh, they're barely tre- they're barely you know here. Yeah, as I mean, as Bert says, you know, I don't like the way they're talking about this agency out there. Yeah, and Roger says it's because our our, our creative is terrible. It's dead. It's dead. It's in the invisible. Water. He says it's creative invisible. is invisible. Yeah. yeah. We're not doing anything dynamic. We're not doing anything interesting. And Jim straight up says it. Lou is, Lou, is, Lou is safe. Isn't that what he said? Yeah, he said yeah. he's adequate. He's adequate. adequate. That's what he said. Good call. Mm-hmm. He's adequate. And, that, and you know, to Jim, that's all we need right now. All we need is adequate. Adequate as we grow. You know, we can offer through media and through a computer. We can show that we care about the future and we can get business that way. It doesn't yeah. have to be about creative if we're backing up what we do with facts. It's, it's it's strange that in a creative agency, it's not about creative is is is, is the worst thing. But mm-hmm. again, I, I I can't think that Peggy, who is also so upset about this, Peggy needs Don and Don needs Peggy. I said this last time. So I mean, yeah. I just really. But I don't know. she doesn't give him a warm reception. Not yet. Well, no, not at all. Not until they, they, they get in a room together and start making some good right. pitches. And I wasn't expecting her reaction. I mean, so I, I thought she was right. going to be upset about it, but I didn't expect her to be so so cold. She says, about it. "Yeah, I had to rewind it and watch it again." I, I can't thought, say that we miss you. Yeah, yeah, I was like, "Did she say can or can't?" No. I was kind of. Yeah. I can't say that we miss you. A combination of Hershey and then also I, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. He killed one of her ideas late last season. Yeah, um, yeah. and she's obviously still stinging from that. I mean, but, but compared to Lou. Though, like she, I feel like she would be. She's trapped under. Relieved. Well, she's trapped under Lou, but Don thinks he owns her. Yeah. So right. you know, yeah. whatever her frustrations are now, she is still the copy chief, and she doesn't have to put up with Don's, if I may be blunt, petulant BS. Yeah, frankly, and, and that she left, you know, to go get away from Don. Yeah, to, and then to, he to... sucked her back in in this big dick power move. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Which I think that Joseph Filippo is so pleased by this image. Um, I just there's forty things I, I'm not going to say. Great, uh, me neither. I, I want to talk about Roger because Roger kicks ass. I mean, we love Roger. You love him. I love John Slattery. <laughs> but yeah, let's, so let's, much. Let's talk about this partners meeting. Right, I, I haven't seen Roger go after something he wants like that in how, not, how many seasons? Not since, not since Chevy. Not since he yeah. got Chevy, you know, by ordering those fake Gibsons at the yes. airport bar. But yeah. what you mentioned, what you again had to throw mention to Don in the hotel room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he yeah. goes, he goes, and he kicks absolute ass for Don, and it makes in in, in his is his, his, his argument. Is uh, it, it it's very sad. I was yeah. very impressed with him. It wasn't a matter of it didn't feel emotional. Yeah, yeah. It just it was like no, we need him. How much? How good is it going to feel going into a meeting when you see? I don't remember the girl's name. Sitting Mary on his Wells. Lap. So the Mary Wells agency, uh, Peggy's storyline kind of mirrors that of Mary Wells, who is uh, a trailblazing female ad woman. Uh, who yes. launched her own agency. Yes. Uh, and, you know, he's basically like, if we fire him, not only do we have to pay uh, pay up and buy out his shares, but then the non-compete is gone. Do you really want to see him at another agency? We couldn't afford to face him. He's yeah. dangerous competition. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was a nice shout-out to Mary Wells, too, because that's sort of, yeah, that's what Peggy's character is based on. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a cool little... Thing. And I love when they interject the real people, like you know, like Ogilvy and so that. Exactly, it's kind of cool. Um, so you know, they all kind of look at each other and they realize, well, there's no getting rid of him. There's no easy solution. So finally, Dawn calls him in to this partners meeting, and we swoop the camera into the uh, into the conference room, and Lou is just leering from through the glass, and uh, Bert Cooper <laughs> tells him, "All right, Don, we would like you to return to this agency." But there are some stipulations, and they're steep. They're deep, yeah. and you know what? I, I got to ask you this. Well, let's go over them first. Yeah, uh, not uh, alone with the clients. Not alone with the clients. In meetings, you have to stick to the script, and that is a script that is approved by everyone else in this room. No drinking. Four new bosses. You got four bosses now. Yeah, everybody's got to approve this script. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No drinking in the office, except for when you're with clients. Wow. Um, uh, you must be in Lane's old office. <laughs> And you report to Lou. Now, Bad things happen in Lane's office. Yes. Well, uh, uh, let's let's talk about this. Uh, do, I think. Do you think that they were trying to set up a scenario so unappealing that he would turn it down? I, I th- think so. I think so too. I mean, it, either way, it, they. I don't see them losing in this either. 
either they have got they've got him into a place where he cannot accept it. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, he didn't go there. He accepted it without batting an eyelash. Right. I love that moment. It's just okay. that you push in and and he's like contemplative, contemplative, contemplative. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Done. I mean, what he but, had in his coat pocket had to be, you know, the the offer he had had to be a hundred times better than what those what what that stipulation oh, laid. You know, a new position here is. So it just makes you wonder how bad he really but, wants to be with this agency. But we that didn't he all built. Mm-hmm. We didn't mention. Uh, the absorption of share, the, the yeah. absorption of it. If he screws up on any of these, I mean, I think he's being set up to fail. I mean, this yeah, is sure. this is damn sight near of impossible. And and uh, they will re- his partnership is gone. They catch yeah. him having a drink, anything, anything, and they reabsorb his shares, and he doesn't get any money, nothing. He's just out. And even with all that said, he's like, yeah, okay, let's do this. And then we Love kick it. into that awesome Jimi Hendrix doo doo. And I'm just like cheering and I'm running around my apartment and I'm just like, hell yeah, Don, give him hell. I love it. I love it too because yeah. I am absolutely rooting for Don to take all those stipulations and all yeah. those things and re- and save this agency and kick the shit out of that no good slimy Lou. Prove himself. Oh I my love gosh. it. Throw Lou out, right, out of the window. All right, it's time for predictions. And now. You're after Buzz TV predictions. Can I just say, I, I think in the grand scheme of Mad Men, like episode ends and like song choice, that will probably be. It's easily in my top five. It may be my favorite. Wow! Because it was just, it just so cool. There's a like lot talk of good about ones, a big though. dick move. Boo doo! just you're real uh, pumped up about. I'm so. He ran around his apartment. There's a lot so of big pumped. dick metaphor on that side <laughs> of the table. He went to, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a big dick kind of day. <laughs> Look who we sit next. All to. right, so <laughs> folks, what are we thinking for next week? And the weeks to come. We only have four episodes left in this half of the season. Four episodes left in 2014. What are we going to do with them? I think it's going to take a while for the Joan-Don relationship to uh, to rebuild itself. She's obviously, she's she's got deep, deep anger towards him. And he's going to have to work really hard to win her back. I, 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 let me toss this out there. I think um, this is this is a you know if you use the lifeboat uh, metaphor, I think this is a relatively full lifeboat. And when Don drops in from above, mm-hmm. someone's going to get knocked out. And whether it's Lou or whether it's another partner is going to remain to be seen. Roll your eyes at me. No, I said it's for sure Lou. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm saying Lou. It's going to be Lou. So it's, it's a no-brainer that Lou. So then, 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 well, one step further. I don't think it's just going to be Lou. I think no, it's right. going to be somebody else. Too. And I also, think it's going to be somebody big. We have L.A. to contend with. Yeah, we right. do have LA we too. We don't even see Pete or Ted this time. I, 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 I just think that the creative will win out. Don and Draper is Don Draper. You were, you, when, you, when you cheered in your apartment, you mm-hmm. did it for a reason because Don Draper will come back. And, and, and save this place. I think that no matter all the personal stuff will be put to the side because he is a brilliant creative and he will save the agency and people will love him again. And then that's how the part one will end and we'll see what happens in part two. Sterling, how do you feel? I want to see what happens with him and Megan. If Megan stands her ground and it's over or if he's going to try to... Make it work, or all right. you. I'm I'm very very curious about all these things. I, I got to say, in my head, when you're cheering around, running around your apartment, I I got you in your underwear. I'm yeah, not sure why, but I'm pretty sure, I, right? I it's was, almost a no I wasn't, but I understand why you feel that way. <laughs> all right, uh, Joe Braswell, where can the people find you? I'm Joe Braswell. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Joe K Braswell, and here doing Hannibal and Bates Motel. Uh, with this guy, Joe Sanfilippo. Joe Sanfilippo, where can the people uh, You can find me on the Twitters at Joe Filippo, J-O-E-F-L-I-P-O. My website is josephsanfilippo.com. And uh, here at After Buzz with Joe, doing Hannibal, Bates Motel, the following, and uh, Blacklist. All right, and Sterling Cates. You can find me on the Twitters and the Instagrams at Sterling Cates and also on a few other shows here. Love in the City. All right. Real Housewives of Orange County. I'm sure you guys are big fans show. of that. Big, big yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. And if you want to find me on Twitter, and I imagine that you do, you can find me at Matt Lieberman. That's M-A-T-T-L-I-E-B-E-R-M-A-N. You can find all my videos for AfterBuzz TV, SourceFed, SourceFed Nerd, and all my personal stuff on my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Matthew D. Lieberman. want to thank you all so much for downloading, watching, listening, streaming. You're all the best. See you next week. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.